I teased earlier in the week via our social media channels that there was a, a pretty big and exciting announcement coming. Um, it's It's been a bit of a struggle so far doing the show by myself, just in terms of, I guess, the workload and just talking to myself. I kind of sound like a bit of a clown, but uh, I've since remed- remedied uh, this issue and I'd like to introduce my two new co-hosts today. What's going on, guys? Um, my name's Liam Hancock. I'm from Hobart, Taz, and I'm 18 years old. And so, Lee, who, who do you follow in the NBA? Um, while it's tough to watch them this season, I do go for the Washington Wizards. And and what, what, what got you into NBA? Um, honestly, about six years ago, 2012, Started playing NBA 2K12, and ever since there, it's just been a spiral. Yeah, brilliant, love that, love that. So there's my first co-host Lee, and my second co-host is brother. G'day guys, uh, it's Roy here, Roy Hancock. Um, yeah, I'm actually brothers with Liam, uh, 25 years of age. Um, yeah, been following the NBA for a good 10 or 11 years now. Um, bit of an accident, really how I actually got into following it. Um, yeah, one day I was shopping through Target and I actually came across NBA 2K8 and without <laughs> any real expectations whatsoever, um, yeah, brought that one home, had a, had a play around and, and um, yeah, it sort of grew from there, to be honest. It's, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's been a... I'm glad, I'm glad I came across 2K8 that day, that's for sure. Yeah, it's brilliant. It seems like with a lot of... Other NBA fans, two K is kind of what drew them into into the mm, sport. Absolutely. Um, and and for you, Ro, who do you follow? Do you follow a team at all? Yeah, so I do follow Boston. I've followed them since the get go, really. Um, but you know, as with a lot of Australian fans of the NBA, it can be pretty hard to support the one team like you would in in just Savory Nick, for example, the AFL. So. Um, I followed players as well as teams, so I always, always love to see LeBron doing well. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's um, just a fan of the league, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good, and it's it's good that we'll have an unbiased opinion on the show. Whereas yeah. I'm a Lakers fan, and and Lee here's a Wizards fan. It's we tend to be a little more, um, I guess, balanced in ba- our opinions. I yeah, guess. definitely, definitely. So, yeah, there you go, guys. That's the exciting news I had to share. My two new co-hosts, I'm absolutely stoked to have them on board. Um, There's a lot of exciting things coming in the show. Uh, We've been discussing just where we want to take the show and, I guess, the Daily Dribble brand. Um, There's still a lot of developments in the works and we're still ironing out a lot of things. Um, But at the minute, we've come to the decision that we're going to be doing it as a weekly podcast now. Uh, so just the one episode a week, probably dropping on a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, we've we've done this purely based on the fact that we want it to be, I guess, quality over quantity. Give you guys a better, a better show as opposed to more shows and of lesser quality. So yeah, we've we've come to that decision. But in saying that, so our our podcast numbers will have dropped, um, but we're going to become a lot more active via our social media pages. Uh, you can check them out at The Daily Dribble on Facebook and at The Daily Dribble 23 on Instagram. 
Uh, we've also got a lot of new segments coming up, ideas that we've kind of put together in the last couple of days or so. So we'll, as probably on our next episode, we'll discuss a little bit more about uh, what the plans are for them and how we see things playing out. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, on today's episode, uh, we're just going to each review a couple of games that have happened over the course of the last week. Uh, we'll also bring back our our segment from last show, uh, Hero of the Week, and then we'll end with just our predictions for tomorrow's games. So, yeah, you guys cool with that? Yeah, sounds good. Let's get into it. Okay, so we've decided to go, we're going to look at two games each. Um, I'll start, I'll go through a game, followed by Lee, who will give us his run-through of a game as well, and roll... End us off. Uh, we'll then loop back around and give our our oversights for the second game. Uh, so for my first game, I looked at the 76ers against the Suns game the other day. It was a, uh, a funny old game, I guess. The, the Suns, who have been playing certainly above people's expectations, came out came out to bowl in this game and they, they handed the 76ers their, their first loss. 114 to 109. Yeah, as I as I said, it certainly came as a shock. I certainly didn't predict this one, uh, given how Philly have started. Um, but yeah, it, it was a super close game. Uh, there was 11 11 ties throughout the course of it, and nine lead changes. And for for either team, the biggest lead was only only eight points. So yeah, it was a, a back and forth tussle the whole way. Uh, for the 76ers, they got got good output from Horford putting up 32 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. And also from Tobias Harris, who put up 24 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. Um, what what stood out for me, though, was the the lack of productivity from Simmons so far. Uh, he only went for 6 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists, and 2 of 8 from the field. Uh, he certainly is a quality player, one of, one of the best distributors and playmakers in the league but he in my eyes he, he certainly needs to increase his output in terms of scoring um we saw in clips in the preseason him jacking up three point three pointers um but it, it hasn't really translated onto the court as of yet and just yeah he's, he's got to be he's got to be better for this team to kind of flourish they need or oh, not Horford's not going to be putting up thirty points on a regular basis. I wouldn't imagine. It all comes down um, with the with the seventy sixes. It all comes down to consistency yeah, for the team overall. Um, probably starts at Ben Simmons, doesn't it? Yeah, he's going to be the the primary playmaker for the seventy sixes going forward. You can't you can't really afford to have these games where he where he drops off. He's because, a passenger. Absolutely, yeah. because the other players in that team look up to him as a leader yeah. to an extent. Yeah. So even despite his youth, he's already kind of absolutely. gained that that reputation and I guess standing in people's eyes. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I took that out that he he needs to be better in it's terms more, of scoring. More reliable. Yeah. In the yeah. way of scoring, in the way of leading. Definitely. Yeah. Let's be honest though, coming into that game, no one would have given Phoenix a chance, surely. No, no, no absolutely. They um you know, you look at last season, they had a 19-win season coming into 
a game against the 76ers yeah. who people are touting as, you know, the best team in the East. Yep. You just you just wouldn't have picked it. Um, no. But good on good on the um, the Suns. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm certainly I guess to an extent jumping on the bandwagon now. I'm super yeah, impressed mate, by yeah. how they've been. Um and yeah, for the Suns, uh, Booker put up 40 points, four rebounds and three assists. Uh it's good to see he kind of had a bit of a slower start to the season, but yeah, he's finding this form now alongside what is a much stronger supporting cast. Uh, we had Ricky Rubio also going for 21 points, 7 rebounds, and 10 assists. And Aaron Baines also put up 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Um, yeah, for Booker to put up 79% from the field with 40 points, I found that pretty, pretty insane too. Along with Rubio, he is just continuously a reliable and really vital player for the Suns. He sets a lot of their play up, doesn't he, Rubio? Yeah, yeah he does. Uh, he's, he's very crafty. <laughs> he's certainly been an underrated signing. Yes, I think, yeah, I agree. Um, Phoenix's signings have kind of flown under the radar, all of them. Uh, Aaron Baines, who put up numbers, as I mentioned. Dario Saric and Rubio have all been um, constant features in the in the box scores and yeah, have certainly contributed to their 5-3 and three start. Let's let's not forget that um, you know DeAndre Ayton. He he's mm. been suspended for 20, 25 games. He's the, one of their core young superstars in the making, I guess you could say. Yeah. And for them to still be performing without you know him on the court, it's I don't know. It's pretty impressive from Phoenix early days in the season, I reckon. Yeah, they're certainly going to be a very formidable team when he when he gets back. Can't wait for that. Hopefully uh, they're still firmly in that upper tier of the Western Conference. Uh, time will tell, though. Alrighty, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Lee will run through this one. Um, so on uh, Monday, Portland travelled to the Chase Centre to face up against uh, the Golden State Warriors. And um, Portland went into this game three wins, four losses, while Golden State had uh, two wins, five losses. With the star players out, of course, Curry with his recent hand injury, Green with his finger injury, Thompson with his ACL and D'Angelo Russell out. Um, it was expected, I think, from a majority of, of the uh, fans that Portland would just come along and get a, get a smooth win. Absolutely. And I know, Nick, you questioned, that, um, you questioned how Steve Kerr would react to these star players being out and how he'd utilise the bench players. But um, I think it's fair to say that Steve Kerr and the team didn't disappoint. Yeah. With uh, Golden State securing a 127 to 118 point game over Portland. Um, without the star players, G uh, Golden State really proved themselves with six players getting double digits, which I found pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's that's what they need. Without these star players, they do need contributions from everyone. Yeah. Uh, that. They're not going to get 30 points regularly from these these young guys, these role players. So it was good to see a collective team performance. What does what does this say about Portland, though? They're, they've just lost to essentially, on paper, what looks like a G League team. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to ask a few questions about them, surely. Well, that's it. Like, for me, Portland are a little bit in no man's land whether they're still a, well, they finished third in the West last year and made a deep run into the finals but yeah I, I don't think they're quite all that um, I are think they missing another piece do you reckon obviously they've got 
Lillard and McCallum is their two, I guess, core players. But you, you almost need another another key player. Um, I think know. with that, though, it'll, it'll be huge when they get Yusuf Nurkic back. Absolutely. Um, he was incredible last season. And, yeah, when he went down, the, the wheels didn't fall off, but there was certainly a noticeable difference there. So, yeah, they'll be, I think, February... We were looking at getting him back. Mm. Um, but yeah, Hassan Whiteside is certainly a good player. Yeah. But I wouldn't put him as in the same kind of calibre of player as Nurkic. No, but at his full potential, um, Hassan Whiteside can can be an extremely handy player. Yeah. It's just a matter, I don't know if it's mindset with Hassan Whiteside or what, but he just hasn't got it all together at the moment. He takes he sho- games off, doesn't he? He does. And yeah. he showed signs when he was with the Heat that he could be a you know 20 and 10 player quite regularly so yeah sort of it's a head scratch as to why he's having so many so many um off games i guess yeah um i thought a notable notable performance was from uh eric uh pascal he showed up on his birthday dropping 34 points and 13 rebounds going 58 from the field I thought that was that was a good that was a good performance and while it's hard to fill the shoes of the former warrior Kevin Durant, I can see Eric Pascal becoming a very important and vital player for the Warriors. Yeah, he's certainly stepped up in yeah. the last couple of games and has been um, a shining light for them. So yeah, yeah, hopefully he can continue with that. Yeah, the fact that he was drafted this year, round two at pick forty one and he's already Putting out the games here and creating the storm that he's already creating, I'm pretty excited to see what's in store for him. I guess with Pascal though, like he's been drafted in the second round, he's been drafted to the Warriors, who had their fair share of absolute superstars. Let's be honest, he probably had no expectations no. for himself at, at you know at all. Yeah. So he's probably come in and just gone. I'm just going to play the way that I know how and got nothing to lose. No, yeah, absolutely. yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, very very good start to, for him, and yeah, hopefully it can continue. The Warriors will certainly need it too. Um, yeah, it's um it's also uh, without question that Portland didn't didn't quite go down without a fight. The Blazers were obviously led by Lillard, dropping thirty nine points, two rebounds, and four assists, with notable performances. I just I just thought I'd mention from Whiteside and McCollum, like you guys yeah. mentioned earlier. Um, and it's it's also evident that Golden State won't won't be as good without their star players. But I still think it'll be interesting to see how the current players will perform from from here on in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's positive signs in a way, I guess, for Golden State. They get game time into these guys who otherwise probably wouldn't get a hell of a lot of minutes. So I don't know. If you're a Golden State fan, I guess you've just got to look at the Look at the little positives. We know they're not going to be um, where they were last season and the, the last few seasons. Um, but, yeah, just take the little things out of it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All righty, moving on, Ro. Who, which game did you have a look at there? Yeah, rightio. So I was looking at Denver versus the Heat. Um, and the Heat actually went into this one looking like a real chance to, to topple the, uh, the Nuggets. Um, they went went in as one of the form teams of the league. Um, five wins and one loss prior to this game starting, and they were sort of in similar similar positions in in their respective conferences as well. 
um, at, at that stage prior to the game, Nuggets for three and two. So, yeah, they were pretty similar. Yeah. Um, look, the Heat were in it in the first half. And they actually got out to a, to a small lead in the, in the second quarter, I believe. But from that point, um, the wheels actually came off for the Heat. Um, Denver in the second half just ran away with it and probably showed why they're, you know, a few few classes above of the Heat. Um, probably the most surprising thing of all, actually, in my eyes, was Jokic didn't have too much of an impact at all. He only had nine points, yeah. five rebounds and five assists, which from his standard is pretty, pretty modest. Very modest. Um, modest Very modest. Um, but the rest of the team, rest of the Nugget squad stood up. Jamal Murray, 21, 5 and 4. Will Barton, 10 rebounds. And Jeremy Grant, 15, 15 points. Um, you know, these are the guys that Denver need to step up when... Um, Jokic has these kind of games where you know he can't put it all together um, and then you look at the other side and you look at the Heat and overall they were 36.4% from the field it's probably not going to win not, you a heap of games not enough it? <laughs> it's not enough at all and um, you know leading from the front they had Jimmy Butler he was only 36.4% the yeah. rest of the guys in that team you know they follow on from Jimmy yeah, you need um, your marquee man firing. Absolutely. So that was probably the difference in the end. The Heat had, um, Heat didn't weren't as efficient as as the Nuggets in the end, and um, yeah, it showed by that by the end score, the Nuggets actually taking that one by twenty points, one hundred nine to eighty nine. Um, yeah, they're a really good, really good team, the Nuggets, and I, I reckon they will be strong contenders again again this year for sure absolutely and it kind of in the last few episode episodes it kind of reiterates the point i've made um that that teamwork is is winning games yeah. um yeah. whereas there's been a lot of hero ball played i Kyrie irving his name i've mentioned quite a lot with this point um it, it hasn't been paying off but the teams on a nightly basis that are getting consistent performances from you know seven eight deep um yeah, are the, are the teams that are winning at the minute? So probably probably shows as well um, the the difference between the the good teams in the east and the good teams in the west. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The better teams in the west, you just get the you get the feeling that they're a, they're they're a class above the better teams in the east. Like as I was saying earlier, the Heat went into this one; they were five and one. Yeah, probably one of the form teams of the league, and you know. To be beaten by twenty points against a team, Denver made them look average. They they really did. They made them look second class. So, yeah, um, yeah, really good win by Denver though. Even, I like that squad. Even though they didn't go too well uh, from the field, what I've noticed as a uh, like a recurring component of the hit gameplay is they are. I feel as if they are sharing the ball around, and yeah. I think it's. It's obviously working because they come second in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it was just a blip on the radar for yeah. the Heat, really, for the first part of the season. But you know, they they can't afford to have those blips once uh, you know playoffs roll Too around. Often, yeah, definitely. It's still a team I'm certainly excited to watch. I think they do have a good mix of uh, youth and experience. Uh, as I touched on last episode, was it or the episode before? Uh, Kendrick Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Harrower. Still continuing to give great output for rookies, so just quietly, 
Kendrick Nunn, he's come out of nowhere. Hasn't he? He and was... He's playing a pivotal role for the Heat so far. Starting point guard in, well, I guess it could be argued a contending team in the East. Yes. And yeah, he's, he's killing it at the minute. He's come from the G League to a starting spot on a contending team. That's... That's a huge rise from yeah from Kendrick, that's for sure. No, good on him. Good on him. I'm a huge fan of what he's doing at the minute. He's probably got a um, mature head on his shoulders as well. He's 24 years of age. Um, probably got it, got it together a bit more than some of the younger blokes who come into the league, especially some of the younger blokes who come in from the G League and make their transition to the NBA. Yeah. yeah he's Playing against men help. It does. It's, it's yeah. the same with Luka Doncic yep. coming from the Euro League, playing against... Know those bigger bodies. He's he's learned to adapt already. So making that that transition into the big leagues wasn't quite quite as much of a jump. Um, Couldn't agree more. Um, it's it's extremely beneficial um, for these guys who can, you know, play against the best uh, in their respective leagues and then, yeah. you know, make the transition to the NBA. It's you know it's and it and it kind of just, I guess, influences. Uh, other players, like in this, this upcoming draft class, we've got you know, top three prospects in Lamelo Ball and RJ Hampton down here in Australia. So it just highlights the fact that these, these blokes want to play against men and hopefully enable them to adapt a little bit quicker when they, when they make it to the pros. 100% agree with that. Excellent. Alrighty, we'll, uh, we'll press on. So that's our first round of games done each. Uh, we'll, we'll look ahead now to... My second game that I, I jotted down, uh, in that one it was the Timberwolves 121 going down to the Grizzlies 137. Uh, I, I have touched on previously that offense is huge uh, and that I, I, I think I used Atlanta as the reference that a lot of their games would be track mates going you know, above and beyond 130 points you know, fairly frequently. I didn't have Memphis down as one of the teams that would be doing this, though. They've uh, putting up 137 points against against a pretty classy Timberwolves team was a hell of a showing. Uh, they got 31 points from Dylan Brooks. Uh, Jar Morant, who has been super so far, put up 26 points, 4 rebounds and 4 assists. Uh, kind of rightly, I guess, getting the tag as the, the number 2 pick in the draft. And they also got valuable contributions from Jay Crowder, Jonas Valanciunas, and Brandon Clark. Uh, for the Wolves, Wiggins is starting to heat up a little bit more now after a slow start to his season. He went for 30 points, 2 rebounds, and 6 assists. And Anthony Towns went for 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 assists. And that was his game back from his... From his uh... Yeah, from his suspension yeah. there, hey, in the Philly game. Um, it's yeah, good to see him back. He was tremendous and probably up there early on in MVP. Yeah. You know, talk for, throughout his first couple of games. So it's good to see him back and firing. Definitely. Yeah. I reckon you'd be over the moon if you were a Grizzlies fan looking forward to have Jar Morant as your go-to guy. Yeah. He's going to be special, isn't he? Yeah. And him and Jaron Jackson Jr. together are. Dangerous combo. <laughs> Absolutely. I think they've got a lot to be excited about. Uh, I don't think it'll come together this year, but there's certainly, as a Grizzlies fan, there's there's a bit to be hopeful for. Yeah, absolutely. Good um, things take time. They do, and, and so far they've had a pretty rough run. They've come up against teams like Miami, the Lakers, the Rockets, 
uh, the Wolves and the Nets so far. So, you know, they're two and six, but some of those games, could, they could have gone either way. They have shown a bit. I certainly hope they, they surprise everyone because they're, they're exciting to watch and evident by the fact that they put up 137 points um, the other day. So, yeah. yeah. No, hopefully they can, can continue. And as I said, Ja Moran, I think, certainly keep eyes on him. Uh, with the rookie class so far this year has been fantastic. Uh, just as well in that game, Jarrett Culver going for 15 points, five rebounds and seven assists just kind of demonstrates that uh, the rookies are here. They are putting up numbers and, yeah, playing well. Yeah, you're on the money there. Um, you know, the amount of rookies this year who have stepped into the league and they're, they're making it Taking over, really. aren't they? Yeah. It's good to see. Um, it's as wide open as ever, um, you know, and towards the end of the end of the year, the uh, race for the rookie of the year, jeez. Well, everyone had penciled Zion in... You know, prematurely before the season began, that he was probably a lock to win it, but he hasn't touched a court yet. So, I, I wouldn't like to be picking or doing the voting at this stage. I think Morant would certainly be up there. Uh, the blokes from Miami that we touched on as well. There's a, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough, uh, a close race, I would imagine, come the end of the season for that award. Definitely. Yeah. Excellent. All right, we're four games down, two to go. Uh, we'll move on again to Lee with his second game. Yeah, so uh, on Wednesday, the Bucks went up to uh, the Clippers in Los Angeles. Milwaukee uh, coming in with six six wins, two losses, and the Clippers with five wins, three losses. So I think uh, this was this was bound to be a close game. But um, in the end, the Bucks came out on top by five points from a 129 to 124 game. And... Um, Despite Kawhi being out, the Clippers still put up a strong, strong opposition to the Bucks. Uh, Harold Williams and Beverly all recorded a double double, which was, which was good without the the leading, leading role of Kawhi. But obviously, uh, looking at the stats, looking at, looking at the gameplay, the main star of the game was Yanis uh, Antetokounmpo. Dropping a huge thirty-eight points, sixteen rebounds, nine assists, two steals, and two blocks. It's huge. That's yeah. a huge game, isn't it? it? Is. Giannis yeah. never has normal stat lines, does he? No, they're always no. ridiculous, like world, video game yeah. type type box scores for Giannis. It's, it's crazy. It's awesome to see. He's certainly, you know, I think thriving on the fact that he was MVP, and he's only looks to be getting better and stronger on top of this. Which yeah. uh, for me, I don't think the Bucks have. They haven't impressed me as much as last year. Uh, it's pretty hard to replicate what they did last year, but yeah, in saying that, he is still yeah been putting up monster numbers and doing doing good things. Yeah, like I said, without without Kawhi playing that game, there was really no force to stop uh, Onto Combo, and that resulted in him and his team just being able to run away with the game. Uh, some other notable players uh, I saw were Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe. So, yeah, at this stage, both the Bucks and the Clippers are in a pretty stable position. And uh, I think most likely they'll maintain this position moving forward if they if they keep playing the way they, they're playing. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, Lee. And I think uh, for the Clippers, you know, in that game they were out with without Kawhi. Um, they're still missing Paul George. Two of if not the probably top 10 players in the league, 
But this, their production from the bench is, I think, what's going to carry them deep into the postseason this year. When you've got Harrell, Williams, uh, Jermichael Green, Pat Bev, the list, oh, Zubac, the, the, the list goes on. Yeah. And how, how deep they run is pretty, pretty formidable. Um, and just on top of when you put these two high-caliber players with them, that's a really well-rounded team. They've got good length, good spacing. Uh, they're finding open shots. They're getting, yeah, just contributions from everyone. It goes back again. I keep reiterating the fact that it's just teamwork that's that's getting wins. And, yeah, I think they're a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, definitely. All right, beautiful. We'll move on to our last game prediction with Roe. Which, which game did you have there, mate? Yeah, so I was looking at the Heat again against the Suns. Uh, yeah. So... Two teams who, I guess, have surprised to start the season. Like particularly, particularly Phoenix. So, like, as I was saying earlier, they they came into the year uh, nineteen and sixty three after last year, and people probably weren't expecting too much at all. And they knew that um, they knew that they had some young young stars like the Devin Bookers and and the DeAndre Aytons. But to be honest, they just didn't they did what people weren't looking at them as if they were going to be a legitimate threat at all no not in the west either how, not in stacked, the west. how stacked the west is this year um with it runs probably 13 14 teams deep uh, so far new orleans has been a disappointment um but apart from that all all other teams have been really competitive and it's yeah it's going to be super tough come the end of the year in that kind of seventh eighth Eight seed spot. I agree. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tight race. Um, yeah. That so they were both both the Heat and the Suns were heading into the game five five wins two losses, and I actually found a stat the other day that Suns last year took twenty nine games <laughs> to to notch up those five wins. So they've they've definitely started started the year um, yeah quite well in comparison to last year. Um, and not to mention those two losses that they had coming into this game were only uh, against Denver and Utah, and they were one point each. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Look, it, it probably brought the Suns back down to earth a tiny bit. Um, this one, it was the Heat who got over the top of them by by sixteen points. Um, but you know, you take heaps heaps away if you're a Phoenix fan. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, you're definitely not disappointed. But then for the for the heat for the heat's um, perspective, you've got their young players that we were mentioning before. So the the Tyler Harrows and the Kendrick Nuns uh, and Bam Adebayo. Yeah, these guys these guys are going to make this team a pretty scary prospect come come uh, playoffs should they make it, which. You'd expect they would. In the East, they look, they look pretty likely. Yeah. Um, my question, though, to you both is, with how the Suns have started, do you think it's just been a you know, a hot start to the season? Or do you, do you think, we mentioned in the game before, they've still got Aiton to come back. Uh, do, you, do you think they can continue with this push and kind of, I guess, charge up the standings? Yeah, you never know, do you? Um, obviously, having DeAndre Aiton back is going to help enormously. Um, they're still a young squad, so yeah. you don't, yeah, you, you don't, you don't really know how long they will be able to keep it up for. But 
you know, you look at Devin Booker, and he's a he's a confidence player. An animal, isn't he? he when is. he's on when he's on fire, he's one of the best scorers in the league. Absolutely, and if he's leading from the front with the confidence that he has at the moment, the Suns have at the moment, you know, who says they can't keep it up? It's, it's just going to be a matter of wait and see for the Suns, but I hope they continue because they're they're exciting. Um, yeah, they're it's a really exciting, exciting young team to watch. Um, yeah, and with this game, geez, Jimmy Butler, he he was he was living up to his namesake. Um, he had 30 points at the half. Yeah. He was dropping buckets. Um, he only ended up with 34, which is, I suppose, I suppose it's understandable if he's done the work in the, done in the, the first damage half. Early. But, yeah. geez, he, he looked scary in that first half. He wouldn't have wanted to be the opposition player on him. Uh, no. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. It's um, When he's on fire as well, another player who, when he gets hot, he's uh, pretty hard to stop. And he, you know, bar a... a Pretty bad bounce against Kawhi last year in the uh, the semi-finals of the East. They the Philly, with him at the kind of helm and charge, looked pretty poised for that that finals berth. Um, yeah, so it's it's good to see him doing well down in Miami and with the cast around him, exciting things to come. Hopefully, yeah. Speaking about the cast around him, a standout player for me in this game was uh, Dragic. He he finished up with twenty five points, going five. Uh, five of seven from three and I don't know if you guys saw the highlights but these threes they weren't they weren't put behind the line threes these were deep deep going deep. threes yeah deep ones and I think I think Dragic really can be he's coming off the bench and I think he can be utilised he's such a good role player and he always has been for, for whatever team he's been on yeah he's never going to be the, the main guy is of he? the team no but he's gonna give you effort and you know, leadership as well. And, you know, having a guy like Goran Dragic on that team with the young blokes that they have already, um, yeah, he's, he's extremely valuable to that team and probably will will be going forward, Later especially the when they make a push for the playoffs. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, fellas, that, that kind of wraps up the, I guess, review of the games that we've got jotted down there. Um, so we'll, we'll move ahead and we will push on to the second instalment of Hero of the Week. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Hiding away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be? So with the addition now of two new members to the Daily Dribble team, with Hero of the Week, we're each... Each going to have a separate separate hero. Um, we'll we'll run through it and you know just discuss how we came up with this. Uh, so I'll I'll kick off first with my hero of the week. Uh, following on from Ben Simmons last week, I have Pascal Siakam. Uh, he's the Raptors, the reigning champs, have kind of flown under the radar a little bit so far. I think they weren't after losing Kawhi. They were. I guess kind of written out of the title title picture, but yeah, they've started six and two so far, and that's largely, I guess, can be contributed to Siakam's uh, output. Uh, just today in the Raptors, 122 to 104 win over the Pelicans, he dropped a massive stat line of 44 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. He went 17 of 28 from the field. 5 of 10 from deep, and 5 from 5 from the free throw line. 
It's yeah, I said that they've kind of been written out of the title picture, but bar losing Kawhi, they've still got the incredible supporting cast from last year around him. The Van Vleets, Gasol, Lowry, um, they're all still there. Uh, OG Ananobi, it's good to see him back. Um, but yeah, so I think they're going about their business quietly, but they're going about it well. And I think if Siakam can continue with his output, they'll uh, be right back there in the mix. Yeah, that's a good hero to have, I reckon. Um, you know, as you're mentioning, with Kawhi leaving, someone had to step up and someone had to save the day for the Raptors or else, you know... Could have been trouble. Could have been trouble. And he seems to have started the year off really well. So, um, yeah, really good hero, that one. Well, as we spoke about prior to uh, starting this recording for the show, that it was kind of handy. We'd each just spoken about who our heroes were going to be. And um, as we discussed it, I hadn't seen... Uh, the numbers that he put up in today, today's game, and yeah, he's kind of he's helped me out here. He was already my hero before today's game, but drawing forty four points is uh, certainly helps helps with that. So, yeah, my hero of the week is Siakam. Uh, Lee, we'll, we'll go on to your hero of the week. Who have you uh, Who have you got there? Yeah, so um, this week I have uh, picked Yanis Antetokounmpo as my hero of the week. Um, in this stage of the league, he's he's pretty much an unstoppable force. He's not only putting up buckets, but he's also getting a pretty high amount of rebounds and assists. And this last week, uh, not including today's game, but he's he's been averaging thirty six points, fifteen point five rebounds, and seven point five assists. Huge numbers. Huge numbers. And uh, this this year, he's become he's become the. Uh, the first player in NBA history to get 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in the first eight games in NBA history. So it's pretty impressive, and yeah, I, I like uh, I like where you're at with that one because we spoke about before him and the Bucks, and he's uh, he is he's the Greek freak, and the reigning MVP is delivering on that again, and I guess could be I wouldn't say pole position, but he's certainly up there in the uh, the debate early on for MVP. 100% agree. And as Lee was saying, like, at this point, he's just an un- unstoppable force. Like, you'd hate to be the person lining up on him uh, when the tip-off starts because, um, you know, you're going to have a tough night ahead. And you'd hate to take a charge from him. You would. He's, yeah. a, he's a big boy, isn't he? Yeah. He's a big Don't know boy. I'd be standing there myself. No, have, have the bucket, I reckon. Yeah, no, take that one. Awesome. So, that's Giannis for Lee. Yeah. Siakam for me, and moving on to Roy, your hero of the week. Yeah, so my hero is Andre Drummond. Yeah, um, good one. He's been a monster to start the season. Um, probably doesn't equate to a winning record for, for the Pistons. They're, they're four wins, six losses, but let me tell you what, if they didn't have Drummond, they would be 0-6, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's averaging, he's almost averaging 22 points a game. Almost 60% from the field. Not to mention he's averaging 18.6 rebounds. Yeah. That's nuts, isn't it? And and also 2.2 blocks, but he's just he's just gone to another level, I think. Um, you know, he's he's 26 now, and he seems to be seems to be coming of age. And that peak um, peak period, or well, not peak, but coming into that yeah, prime his prime, prime stage. Period. Yeah, definitely. And you look at his you look at his stats last year, like that they were incredible as well. Like he averaged seventeen points and fifteen rebounds last year, but somehow he's gone to another level. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, he, he's a scary prospect to match up against. And I suppose he's a hero because you look at the other guys on that squad and there's some names which don't particularly stand out. Not so household names, are not they? not household names. Um, the Pistons, though, and on Drummond himself, I, I spoke about him in one of our first episodes because um, he started the first couple of games really hot as well and continuing that. Um, in a contract year for him, I kind of noted that I think he will come out of the gates quick um, in a pretty weak free agency class. It's certainly a wicked opportunity to make some make some big dollars, and at the rate he's going, he's well on track for that. And 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 the Pistons as a whole, another team who I can't remember where I had them in my standings. I think I had them around the playoff picture. Um, I think they're one team without Blake Griffin and one with him. So I'm interested to see how, or the way Derek Rose has been playing as well, how Rose, Drummond and Griffin go together when when he's back in the lineup. I agree. It's it's going to be a matter of getting the guys on the court, so the Blake Griffins and the Derek Rose um, type players to to assist Andre, you know, especially down the down the run. Just um, get him under the hoop, eh? Just yeah. let him sit there, get him a bit of shooting with Griffin out out on the three point line and just let let him go to work. It's probably the reason he's putting up the numbers that he is at the moment is because he's relied to do yeah. so much this year. Um, you know, Derrick Rose has had a few games when he's been playing where he's you know, he's showed glimpses of old Derrick Rose actually, but you know, uh Andre's Andre Drummond's been been the guy who's who's had to hold that team together. Um, you know, Four wins, six losses. Not the best start of the season, but some of their the games have been side. quite quite close. Um, their record, they they have had some poor games. Um, they've also had they've also played some some good ball, but it hasn't translated to those those wins. Uh, they do have some talent. Like I think Luke Kennard has been impressive. Uh, they lost today to the Pacers by six, but he put up twenty nine points, six rebounds, and five assists. And yeah, there there are names there. They just need to to be able to string a win together. I think when they get that X Factor player and Griffin back, they will will be all right. But in the meantime, I think it's just kind of hanging on, trying to remain, you know, not too far off the pace. Yeah, yeah. around the mark. Yep, absolutely. Well, brilliant, fellas. Is so we'll recap that. I had as my hero of the week uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh, Lee had Giannis, and Roe ended it with. Andre Drummond. So that concludes Hero of the Week. And we'll now move ahead to our predictions for tomorrow's games. Alrighty, so for these, we, we haven't really gone in... We're not going to go into too much detail or anything like that. We'll just... Um, we've jotted down tomorrow's games. We've got five of them. And we've ripped through our predictions for each game. So we'll start with the Boston... Boston San Antonio game. Uh, in this game, I've I've picked the Spurs to win. Um, uh, despite despite it being at San Antonio, I'm I'm gonna uh, bet that the the Celtics will get on top. Yeah, I'll agree with Lee there. I think um, I think Boston will probably continue a good start to the season. Got a bit of momentum behind them already. Don't think it'll be a blowout by any means, but um, yeah, I think Boston will get over the top of them. Yeah, no, that should be a good game. And the Spurs have, I think, again, another team that's uh, going about their business nicely. They're getting really good output from LaMarcus Aldridge and DeRozan. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they match up with Kimber Walker, Jason Tatum. Um, Haywood, yeah, he's been unreal lately. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be a good game. So we've got, uh, yeah, so for that one, me on the Spurs and Liam Rowe on the Celtics. Uh, we'll look ahead to the Pelicans-Hornets game. Uh, again, we've got a bit of a mixed bunch here. I've gone for the Hornets, a team I actually predicted to finish last in the in the East. Have again have been surprising and shocking, shocking people all over, fans all over. I think um, there. I, I mentioned earlier on in a previous episode that I was really excited by PJ Washington, uh, the rookie. He's uh, continuing that form, and yeah, that the the Hornets are. Uh, They've had a couple of losses. They lost to the, the Clippers uh, the other week, but again, that was a game that they were up by uh, half a dozen points or so and were right in it until until the fourth. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be too strong for the Pelicans. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you there, Nick. I, I think Pelicans will uh, hop up, even even though the, the, last, the last few games, Brandon Ingram, he's... He's been trying to carry the Pelicans, but yeah. it just hasn't gone in their favour. That hero ball uh, exactly. chat again, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, as opposed to the team. It's it's a shame that that uh, players such as Lonzo Ball, he's not having the greatest start to the season. But I'm going to say in this game, they're going to get up. Yeah, very good. And and for you, Roy? Yeah, look, it sort of seems like there's a brotherly alliance here because um, I'm going with Lee's prediction again. Oh, we um, love it. That's why I got you blokes in. <laughs> Uh, we got to stick together. Yeah, but, um, definitely. No, I've gone with the Pelicans. Um, the Hornets have had a yeah quite good start to the season in comparison to what a lot of people, including myself, yeah. thought that they would would do. But I think for the Pelicans, if it doesn't start this game, then when's it going to start for them? Absolutely, it's <laughs> they were I guess touted as being in and around the playoff picture, but at the rate they're going, they're they're anchored to the bottom of the conference and. By the time Zion gets back, the hole might be too deep already. Uh, it's looking that way. It's what, one and seven. They are yeah, one and seven. One and seven. Yeah. So, yeah, it's now or never. I, I agree with you there. But another good game it should be. Uh, looking ahead to the Houston Rockets and the Chicago Bulls game, we've we've all tipped tipped to the Rockets on this one. Yeah. Uh, they've certainly had their struggles so far with. I guess adjusting to a new system that incorporates Russell Westbrook, it's two, the probably the two most ball dominant players in in history. If you look at their usage rates, Harden and Westbrook, it's pretty hard to fit them both on the uh, on the starting starting five and ensure that they get the uh, the box score that they want. I agree, and um, yeah, look for the Bulls, it's probably just going to be a bit too big of a task um, to stop the Rockets defensively, like. You know, James Harden's dropping 35 a night. Russell Westbrook, even if he doesn't drop up big numbers, he's he's really aggressive on, on the offensive end. Um, you know, if those two guys get going, then uh, could be a bit ugly towards the end of it. Yeah, 100%. I, I touched on it on our most recent episode. Go go check that one out at Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify. Um, the, they needed more from Otto Porter. And he's since that time he has gradually increased his output. Um, 
13 points the other day against the Hawks. Wasn't quite enough, but he put up 18 against against the Lakers in their loss the other day. Um, so hopefully he can just gradually begin to build and, I guess, ensure that, you know, Zach Levine, Markinen, Porter, Kobe White, they all all get performances out of them on a regular basis. In, in these last two games, the, the Bulls have stepped up their game. They've been getting points on the board with the win against Atlanta and the loss against the Lakers, but they still put up a good opposition. They choked in that one, though, didn't they? They, they were yeah. 19 points ahead, yeah. uh, heading into the fourth, or in the fourth even, and, yeah, it was an incredible comeback. It just, I guess, highlights their youth and yeah. experience of being able to hold a lead. Yeah. But yeah, so in that one, we've all got the Rockets. Yeah, I think they'll just be too strong for the Bulls. Absolutely. Uh, in our fourth game, we've got the Mavericks against Memphis. Um, we've we've all backed Dallas in for this one. Uh, it's, again, Memphis, as we touched on earlier in the show, have been impressive so far, and uh, Ja Morant especially. But it just feels... I think the duo of Porzingis and Doncic will be a little bit too much on this occasion. Yeah, I agree, Nick. Um, Doncic, he's just come out of the gates firing. He's averaging 28.1 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, and 9 assists. So it's just insane, yeah. really. Yeah, he's been phenomenal, hasn't he? Yeah. He's, uh, again, I keep referring back to the MVP race, even though it's we're only in November still. But in my eyes, he's firmly... Probably exactly. a top, a top of the uh, the standings, I guess, in the race. Unbelievable performances so far, and yeah, Dallas are up there in the West, and it's coincided with his performances. How lucky have Dallas been though with their international players over the years? Like to have Dirk, yeah. Now to have Doncic and and Porzingis, they've, they've been um, yeah, they've been blessed with those three, haven't they? They've uh, yeah, the international flavour has certainly carried them. Uh, well, for quite a while, as you alluded to with the Dirk, and yeah, it looks set to continue with the duo of Porzingis and Doncic. It does. Excellent. So we'll move on to the last game, the Golden State Warriors against the the Thunder. Uh, in this game, I've I've backed in OKC. Yeah, I've backed in OKC as well. And um, what about you, Lee? Um, I've I've Taking a different standpoint, I'm going to go for Golden State to get up in this one, um, purely just because of their recent recent couple of games, especially this this last game. D'Angelo Russell he went off. He's he's finished with 52 points and nine assists, and with with D'Angelo and players like Eric Pascal and uh, Jordan Poole, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna get up over. Over OKC. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Russell dropping fifty-two today against the Wolves, and again, I refer back to our our last episode where I spoke about the Warriors, and in the sense that I think Russell, uh, being the primary scorer now, he needs to be a twenty-six points um, a game player. He's come out and dropped fifty-two tonight, so he's uh, yeah, hopefully a listener of the show and's taken that on board. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Yeah, um, definitely. But, yeah, he's, he's a very um, streaky shooter, Russell, at times. But, yes. geez, when he's on, yeah, he, there's no stopping him. And, um, you know, 52 points, that's, that's, that's an example of that. 
but can he do it again? I'm not. I'm not so sure. So hence, I think OKC have uh, again touted as a team that weren't uh, expectant to do too much. But the the caliber of players they've got, they've still got Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, Terence Ferguson, Dennis Schroeder De- has has a unreal off the bench, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's been great. He's been incredible off the bench. Um, so yeah, I think their depth and quality should. Get them over the line in this one. I agree. All right, terrific, fellas. That's uh, that's all of our predictions done. We'll we'll probably look to wrap it up now. Our our debut episode. It's uh, it's good to get this one out of the way. It's good to have you guys on board. Um, it's been I I guess it's been a little bit rough around the edges uh, to a certain extent. This is a a pretty new and foreign concept doing a podcast with other blokes, but. It's uh, it's exciting. As I touched on earlier in the show, we've got a lot of like we've been doing a lot of brainstorming, haven't we? Yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of good content to come, and a lot of new segments. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, yeah, the beginning of something great. I hope, and I'm sure it will be. And yeah, just appreciate you guys coming on board. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting us. We we really appreciate it as well. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. Um, you know the first. What you've done six episodes so far by yourself, which is which is um, you know tough, real tough to keep the conversation going. So <laughs> you've done a done a really good job so far, and um, yeah, no, we're we're really happy to jump on board before before this blows up and and we we all become famous podcasts. <laughs> That's it. Now, now's the time to be on it. So absolutely, we um as I said, we'll look to get out. Uh, the episodes will be weekly now. So next. Next weekend, Saturday or Sunday, will be our next episode. Um, In the meantime, we'll be a lot more active via our social media platforms. So you can hit us up on Facebook at The Daily Dribble, uh, via Instagram at The Daily Dribble 23. And you can also get in contact with the show via email at The Daily Dribble 23 at gmail.com. Uh, as always, guys, I uh, really appreciate if you could leave a rate and review. We'd love to know what you guys think of the show, and it just helps getting other listeners on board. So, yeah, from all of us, that would be very much appreciated. And, yeah, I guess that's anything else you fellas want to add? I think, I think that, that says it all. I think we've covered a lot, haven't yeah. we? So we have. We've, our episodes previously have been like 20, 25 minutes. We've chalked up nearly an hour here, so it's, yeah. it's good stuff. Alrighty. Anyway, till next time, guys. Take it easy, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you, See you later. Talk to you later.